is awesome. If they don't get you ready for Christmas, nothing gonna get you ready for Christmas, man. You must be like Scrooge or something, right? Come on, man, that was awesome. Give it up for them again, man. I love it, I love it. I love it. Hey, if today's your uh, first time uh, ever being at uh, Summit, I want to welcome you. My name's Mark. I'm the lead pastor. Thank you so much for coming today to our Christmas services. If it's your first time, uh, we got a free gift for you. All you need to do is fill out this connection card at the end of service and fill out as much as you can, would like to. Take it to the welcome area. We, we'll just exchange that gift for the card. And if, I, if you've been coming for a little bit, though, and I've never met you, never uh, shaken your hand, never said, hey, thanks for coming, being here. Uh, if you're a returning guest, I would love to meet you really quick after church today. I'll be at the Welcome Center, and uh, just let me say hi to you before you head off and whatever your plans are uh, this afternoon. So that'll just take just a second. I want to jump uh, jump into, uh, before we jump into the sermon, I want to uh, mention a couple of things to you. Uh, one that Dana mentioned in the video, next week is different because next week there is one service, all right? So it really doesn't affect you guys. If you come to 11.15, do next week what you did today, uh, 9.30. They're the ones that really need to have a heads up, but there's one service next week, all right? So now here's the deal. Uh, if you look around, it's uh, it's uh, pretty tight in the room right now. Next, uh, uh, next week, everybody's coming together. We had close to 200 uh, this morning in our first service, and so it's going to be tight, so we're all going to get a cuddle next week. It's going to really help our church grow closer together, literally, and, uh, but come next week, because after church, uh, after church, we're going to have a meal, and everybody's invited, okay? So bring a side dish dessert if you can. If not, don't sweat it. Just stick around. It's going to be a really great day next Sunday, one service, 1115, all right? Hey, if you're a middle school or high school student, tonight at 6 o'clock, you want to be at our student building right over there, the big red building right over there is where you want to be tonight at 6. They're having their Christmas party, all right? So don't miss that at 6 o'clock. That's middle school and high school combined parents and students tonight at 6. So be there for that. And also, one more thing. A couple of weeks ago on Facebook, we put out a list of kids uh, that we're trying to sponsor, <clears throat> excuse me, for Christmas uh, with uh, gifts and things like that. Uh, we got that list from Second Chance Mission. Now, if you want to help with that, several of you have stepped up and said, hey, I'd like to help. Um, maybe you're hearing that for the first time and, and you're thinking, oh, I would like to help. I didn't know about that. What can I do? Uh, you can do a couple things. One, if you signed up to help and uh, you are going to get gifts, you need to get those gifts. You can bring those gifts actually to the church tomorrow or Tuesday. All right, we'll be here during the day. Uh, or you can bring it to Second Chance this week when they're open. Or today, if you're hearing it for the first time and you're thinking, hey, I would love to help with that. All those gifts collectively per child, it's $20. If you want to give $20 to go towards those kids and getting gifts for Christmas for those kids, at the end of service, at the Welcome Center, there's going to be some volunteers there at the table at the end of service. Just walk up. You can give. It's $20 a kid. So however many kids you want to sponsor, uh, you can go up and give that money at the Welcome Table after church today. All right? If you have any questions about that, I'll be there as well. You can come up and ask me about it too. All right? Hey, I want to pray for, uh, with us, and uh, we're going to dive into a few things this morning. All right? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you came. That you didn't just see humanity in need. You didn't just see us from a distance, from far off, lost. You didn't just look at us and feel things. You looked at us and you stepped into history. You came for us. You were born for us. You died for us. And that's what we celebrate this Christmas. We celebrate that, this Advent 
season. And so Jesus, I pray right now that you would come and that you would help us. God, I don't know where everyone is or everybody watching online where they are spiritually. Uh, God, but, but you do. You know our hearts. You know what happened to us this week or maybe what this year has looked like and the baggage that we're bringing into the room. And so God, I pray that right now you would do whatever you need to do to get our attention and speak to us that we would be changed. That's our prayer. God, we ask all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I love this time of year. I love Christmas. And one of the reasons that I love Christmas uh, is because my kids love Christmas. I love that my kids get excited about Christmas. I love that kind of built into this season, there's a countdown for Christmas. My, my kids, uh, usually about the middle of June, my kids start to ask, how far is it till Christmas? That's when we start to get that question. Uh, I have a 13-year-old, 12, and then a 7-year-old, especially my 7-year-old. She's really excited about Christmas. And yesterday, a couple of times, Dad, how many days is it till Christmas? Uh, she hasn't asked me today, but I can guarantee that before I go to bed tonight, she'll ask my wife and I at least 100 times, how many days is it until Christmas? I just love the anticipation of it. I just love that built into this season is waiting. And maybe you're here today and you're not really waiting for Christmas Day, but I guarantee that one thing that all of us have in common this morning, everybody watching online, is that we're all waiting for something. Every one of us in the room, maybe you are, maybe you're waiting for that promotion. Maybe you're waiting for that relationship to get fixed. Maybe you're waiting for your life to start because you thought where you, at this stage where you are, this age, you thought your life would be different. Maybe you're waiting for your life to begin. Maybe you're waiting to meet that special person. Maybe you're, breaking, maybe you're waiting to break up with the loser that you've been dating for a while. I don't know what you're waiting on, right? Maybe you're waiting on 2018 to end because it's been a, just a year, of, it feels like a year of loss. It feels like a year just a, of over and over, just train wrecks almost it seems. And you're just waiting, you're waiting for it to end and you're waiting for 2019 to begin. Maybe you're here and you're waiting on God. Have you ever been there? You, you've been praying for something. You're asking God, and, and God doesn't seem to be moving on your timetable, and, and you're waiting on God. I don't know if you're like me. Sometimes when I go to a restaurant or I go to the doctor's office and I'm in the waiting room and I'm there for a while, I can start to ask myself, do they even know that I'm here? Did, did they forget that I still need a table? Did they forget that I have an appointment? I might even go to the front desk and say, hey, did you forget that I'm here today? Right, because I'm, I'm still here. Maybe that's how you feel with God. I think one thing that we all have in common is that we're all waiting. And, and one of the things that Christmas shows us is that no matter where we are or no matter what we're waiting on, we can always wait on God because God always comes through. God always comes through. When we talk about waiting on God, see, Advent means waiting. When we talk about waiting on God, we don't mean, you know, the way that we wait for a table or to get in to see the doctor. Waiting in Advent and waiting on God means waiting with expectation. It's waiting with faith because we know that God is going to come through. And, and that's all over the story of Christmas. So if you've got a Bible uh, on your phone or if you brought one with you, I want you to go ahead and open it up to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 is a really familiar uh, story. It's the Christmas story. And we're going to read Luke chapter 1, verses 26 down to verse 38. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn it on, open it up. If you don't have anything like that, don't have the Bible, the words are going to be on the screens uh, behind me. 
It says this, in the, sixth, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I don't know who you uh, are today or where you might be, what you might be waiting on, but I think if God were to say a couple things to us in relation to Christmas, I think that God would want every single one of us here watching online to know three things today. Three things that we see in the Christmas story that, that God would say to me and to you, to all of us this morning. And the first thing that I think that God would want us to see this Christmas is that God sees you. God sees you. See, Mary, nobody saw Mary. I mean, Mary wasn't a person of influence. She didn't stand out in a crowd. Literally, Mary was a teenager. She didn't have a lot of followers online. She, she didn't have this massive platform. There was nothing that stood out about Mary. If she was walking on the streets of Bethlehem, everybody would have just walked by her. Few people would have saw Mary, but God saw her. Have you ever been somewhere and you see somebody that you know and you're looking at them and you think that they're looking at you, but they're not looking at you? Have you ever done that? Right? When I'm in that situation, and I don't know how to handle these kind of socially awkward situations, right? I'm at Walmart. Some of you, and this has happened to a couple of you, and I won't say it to your face because I don't know if you just don't like me or whatever. But sometimes I'm at Walmart, and I see people, and I think they see me. It turns out they don't see me. But here's what I do. I think that they see me, so I start doing this. And they're not waving. But they're looking right at me. And I think that they see me. And I'm waving. But I think that they see me. But it turns out they're looking at maybe like bananas behind me. I don't know what they're looking at. So at some point I just start doing this. And then I just walk off real fast. Like I don't even pretend. I, and, and, and if by chance I see you or you see me and we catch eyes. And then all of a sudden we say hi. One of us inevitably says this. This is what we say. Oh, I didn't even see you there. I didn't even see you there. Hey, did you know that God has never said that to anybody. Did you know that God has never looked at anybody and said, oh, I didn't see you. You might be a student here today and nobody at your school knows you. God sees you there. You might be at your work. You get passed over for every promotion that's rightfully yours. Your boss doesn't even know your name. God sees you. 
God sees you. He sees your marriage right now. God sees you worrying about your kids. God sees you worrying about your, your money, your finances. God sees you waiting. You might feel like you're in it alone. You might be looking at your situation, waiting for something to happen, waiting for somebody to come through. But if Christmas shows us anything, it's that God sees the unseeable. People that the world might have looked over. People that the world doesn't give a second thought to. God saw Mary, and by extension, God sees you today. And you might be sitting here and you're thinking, well, that sounds great, but what does God think of me when God sees me? Well, well it really depends on on where you land. See, if you are a follower of Jesus, now now hang on. When I say follower of Jesus, what I mean by that is I mean you're a Christian. Right? I, I mean, when we say, if you're a follower of Jesus, and if you say, hey, that's me, I, I'm a follower of Jesus, what that means is that you've seen Jesus, and you didn't just give him simply a few fond thoughts at Christmas, nod your head in his direction. There was a point in your life where you saw Jesus. Your eyes were open. Something spiritual happened to you. Your eyes were open, and you saw Jesus, and you knew that if you didn't have him, you didn't have anything. And you wanted him to be your Savior and your Lord. If you're a follower of Jesus, if we were to look at your life, we're not going to see a perfect life. But what we will see, we will see a Godward trajectory. We will see a student, a man, a woman, a grandparent. We will see somebody, if they're a follower of Jesus, by the power of the Spirit of God living in them, they are trying to follow Jesus. There's a Godward trajectory. It's more than an hour on Sunday. Hello? Changes how you treat people, changes how you think about people, changes how you think about you and the goals for your life. If you're a follower of Jesus, it changes everything. You're not perfect, but it changes everything. See, if you're a follower of Jesus, when God sees you, God sees one of his children. God sees his son, God sees his daughter, and God loves his kids. God doesn't roll his eyes at you. God doesn't regret saving any of you. God doesn't regret saving any of his kids. In Christ, there's no condemnation for you. God is 100% for you if you're a follower of Jesus. And what that means is that there is purpose in the waiting. So you're waiting on God. You're waiting for something to happen. Why are you waiting? I don't know why you're waiting, but I can tell you this, child of God, there is a purpose in the waiting. Amen? God has a purpose for it. But you might be hearing you're not a follower of Jesus. You're not a Christian. And if you're here today, and that's you, and you're not saved, what does God think of when God sees you? Here's exactly what God thinks. God sees you, and God loves you. Amen? God loves you. You are loved by God today. God sees you and God loves you. But don't mistake the love of God for all of us to mean that at the end of the day, everybody's saved and sin isn't a big deal. No, listen, if you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, I'm not talking about does your mom know Jesus, your dad, your grandparents. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you. If you don't know Jesus for yourself, if you don't have a personal relationship with him, the worst thing you can do today is leave this building without him. The worst thing you could do is live your life without him. God loves you and God wants a personal relationship with you. That's why Christmas at its core is a rescue mission. 
Jesus came to rescue, and we needed the rescuing. So I don't care who you are today. First thing that God wants us to know is that God sees you today. Second thing that God would say to us is that God not only sees us, but God hears us. God hears us. God hears us when we cry out to him. I hate when I'm talking on the phone to somebody, and I'm in the middle of, the sto- of a story, and I realize 20 minutes into the story that the call dropped 15 minutes ago. Right? And all of a sudden, I can tell there's not there, and all of a sudden, I start saying this. Hello? Hello? Hey, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Are, are, you, are you still there? Can you hear me? Listen, God hears you. God hears us when we cry out to him. God hears us when we're pleading for him. If you were here for the first week of this series, what we saw was, was, was how Israel literally waited on God for centuries. Remember that? We went through the whole Bible. And for centuries, Israel prayed, God, when are you going to send the Messiah? I mean, some of us think that God abandons us when we pray for something for a couple of weeks. Can you imagine praying for centuries? And listen, don't you think that at some point, some of the Israelites started to say, God, can you hear me now? God, we've been praying about this for centuries. Do you hear us? And so when Gabriel comes to Mary, you can see it there in verse 32 and 33. He's talking about David. He's talking about Jacob. Gabriel connects the birth of Jesus to all of the Old Testament promises to say, hey, listen, you didn't even see it, but God was working when you didn't know it. Listen, if you're taking notes, write this down. Christmas shows us that when we don't think God is working, God is working. Listen, God is always doing a million things in your life. You might be aware of two of them. Do you know that? God is always doing a million things in your life. God is always coming to you in love. You might be aware of two or three, but God is always doing a million things in our lives. So while we're waiting, while we're crying out to God, sometimes people ask me, they say, Mark, why doesn't God answer all my prayers? And I say the reason for that is because God's not a vending machine. You put in some change and all of a sudden you get exactly what you want when you want it. God's not a vending machine. God is a person who wants a relationship with us. So while we're waiting, while we're praying, while we're crying out to God, God is building something inside of us. He's building faith. He's building trust. God is building something inside of us. So some of you are here and this week or at some point in 2018, some of you are here and you cried out to God and you said, God, if you're real, show me. And here you are and God is saying to you today that he sees you and that he hears you. Some of you are here and you're thinking, God, can you give me a sign? It just feels like I'm all alone. It feels like nothing's ever going to change. It feels like this door is never going to open. Can you give me a sign? And here you are. And God is telling you that he sees you and that he hears you. But he's also saying to all of us that he's come for us. God has come for you. See, what we need to know about Mary, because there's some confusion about Mary. We need to know that Mary was just a person. Mary Mary wasn't sinless. Uh, We don't need to pray to Mary. Mary was just just, just an imperfect, flawed sinner, just like all of us. And the reason we know that is because when Gabriel uses the word favor in in, in, uh, verse 30, that word favor is a single Greek word that means, means much grace. 
So Gabriel is saying, God, saying to Mary, Mary, God is coming to give you much grace because you need grace, Mary. Do you know what grace is? Grace is the undeserved love of God for you and me. Grace is the undeserved love of God. Can I tell you, one of the best things that God doesn't do for us is give us what we deserve. Amen? Listen, if God gave us what we deserve, Summit, God would give us eternity without Him, and God would give us life on this planet and let us be satisfied with money, popularity, clothes, and cars, and He would hide Himself from us. But thank God that God is a God of grace, and He gives us what we don't deserve, and the, and the proof of that is that He gave us Jesus. So one of the best Christmas verses is John 3.16. You know John 3.16, right? Maybe you've been to a football game. There's a guy there with no shirt on, poster board, John 3.16, right? John 3.16, you know it. Say it with me. For God so what? Loved the world that what did he do? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but what will they have? Eternal life. Listen, don't mistake eternal life just to mean something that starts when you die. A lot of us treat Jesus like we do our insurance, it's there when you need it, but when you don't need it, you don't really think about it, right? Jesus is going to come in real handy when we die. But until then, he's not very useful. Listen, Jesus didn't just come to give us eternal life in heaven. If Jesus is in your life, Jesus wants to bring heaven down into your life right now. Amen? Jesus doesn't want you to wait for heaven. He wants to bring heaven into your life, give you purpose now, hope now, peace and joy right now. And so if we're going to experience everything that Jesus came to give us, then we need to do exactly what Mary did in verse 38. Look at verse 38 again. Mary hears all this that Gabriel says, and she says back to Gabriel, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary looks at Gabriel and says, Gabriel, listen, if that's what God is going to do for me, then behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Mary surrenders everything she has to God in that moment. Because listen, can I tell you that what God puts on Mary in this moment will not make her life easy or convenient. Mary's a teenager engaged to Joseph. Would have been culturally acceptable for that to happen in that day, but she's a virgin, and now she's about to give birth to God with skin on. She's going to lose relationships because of this. She's going to get made fun of because of this. Her life is not going to get easier because of this. It's going to get harder and more complicated. But what does she say to God? She says, God, I'm yours. Listen. I, I, I got I to say this to us where we live in a church culture where a lot of times Jesus is just part of the culture and we assume that everyone is saved and knows God. I got to say to our church today that you don't fit Jesus into your life. You surrender your life to him. Right? You, you don't fit Jesus into your life. Here's my relationship. We're doing these things. We're not married, but Jesus, make it, bless it. Here's my finances. Here's my goals. Jesus, can you just make my dreams come true? Jesus, here's my life. Can you fit into my life? You don't fit Jesus into your life. You surrender your life to Jesus. That's why Jesus is Lord and Savior. 
See, we, see we'll, never, Summit, we'll never experience the life that Jesus came to give us if our view of Christianity, what it means to have a relationship with him, is just consumer Christianity. Do you know what I mean by that? You know what I mean by consumer Christianity? Where we just go to church services and we just consume Christian spiritual things, but we don't use our gifts and talents and abilities that God's given us to bless others. We don't, we don't, we don't seek God on our own. We don't, we don't try to pursue God on our own. Our relationship with God depends on the preachers we watch on Facebook. It depends on Caleb or Air One or, or pick, your, pick your Christian radio or whatever it's going to be. It depends on other things. But we're not building something that can stand on its own. And that's why all 2018, for literally from the first Sunday of this year up to this point, we've stressed all year long, that our church has got to own and take responsibility for their own spiritual growth. Amen? Your spiritual growth can't hang on me or any preacher. Amen? Right? Listen, I'm just a dude. Like, I'm, listen, some of, your, some of y'all, your opinion of me or preachers is too high, right? So, oh my gosh, I, somebody said this to me this week. Oh my goodness, you're a preacher. Do you know who's never said that to me? My wife. Oh my gosh, you're a preacher. You know? Hey, take out the trash. You know? Right? My kids, oh my gosh, dad's a preacher. You know why they don't say that? Because they know at the end of the day, I'm just a goober. Needs Jesus. I'm just a sinner. I'm just flawed. I'm just messed up. I need grace. Like you need grace. Like Mary needed grace. Thank God Jesus gives grace. Amen? I mean, your relationship with God, that's right, man. But listen, your relationship with God can't hang on a preacher. Your relationship with God can't hang on, you know, I listen to this radio station or these things. Praise God for preachers and for those tools. But Summit, you've got to seek God and be rooted and grounded in the love of God for yourself, on your own. It's more than an hour on Sunday. Amen? It is more than an hour on Sunday. Jesus didn't come for us to consume spiritual things. came for a relationship with us. And maybe you're hearing that and thinking, you know what, you're talking to me. But I don't know how to do that. I, I don't think that I know how to do that, or I don't think I know where to start. Well, let me show you what we've done. It's been there every week, but I want to highlight it today. If that's you, if, if, if the Holy Spirit is just really speaking to you right now, hey, hey, he's talking to you right now. You really need to grow and, ta- and take responsibility for your spiritual growth. You're not condemned right now. That is the love of God coming to you in this moment. And, and at the end of the service, in just a few moments, I'm going to give you a chance. If that's you, I want you to take your connection card, and in this box, I want you to check the, check the box that says, I want help growing in my relationship with Jesus. Because Mark, I hear you, but I don't know where to start and I don't know how to do it. You check that box, we're going to get in contact with you this week to help you start to do that on your own. If you're already doing it, praise God, keep going. But maybe you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're here today, you came, you know, because it's Christmas and maybe it's, maybe your family comes to church on Christmas, or you saw it on Facebook, or maybe you're watching on Facebook right now, and for some reason you just stopped scrolling, and, and here you are, and you're, you're watching this, and you're, you're leaning in right now, and you're not a follower of Jesus. And, and, and maybe you're thinking this, you're thinking, listen, I know what God's like. I know what God's like. If I want to go to heaven, be good. 
If I want to go to heaven, if I want to be saved, if I, I want to be the way that you're talking about, I got to be nice, I got I to be good, I got to make sure that I'm not as bad as other people. I got to be nice and, and make sure that, you know, I, I'm, I'm always helping people. I just got to be a good person and I'm trying. And some of us think that's who God is. Listen, that's not God. That's Santa. Right? That's Santa. Jesus is better than Santa. Right? Here's Santa. If you're naughty, you get cold. If you're nice, you win. Santa is law. Jesus is grace. Some of you will never forget that. I went to seminary just for that sentence right there. It's just amazing. But some of you, that's what you think God is like. Oh, I need to be good so that God will like me. Jesus died came back to life so that we could be forgiven for our sins, past, present, and future, and have a relationship with God, and the Holy Spirit would come and live inside of us. And so if you're here today, and you're not a follower of Jesus, you don't need to jump through all these hoops, and you don't need to go to church for the next three years and try to make yourself worthy of salvation. Jesus thought you were worthy of salvation 2,000 years ago when he was born in Bethlehem. And he died on a cross. And he came back to life. Why? So that you could have life. And just like I give you a gift, you can accept it or reject it. Listen, you accepting or rejecting Jesus does not make him true, does not make him real. Jesus is real whether you accept him or not. Amen. Accept Jesus or reject Jesus. He was still born 2,000 years ago, died on a cross, came back to life three days later. But accept him or reject him, nothing, of, nothing we do there changes what he did. But he gave you a gift to accept and let his grace wash over you and change your life forever. Would you pray with me today? Just with every single head bowed, with every eye closed, would you just take a minute and think about what have you done with Jesus? And, I, and I'm asking us to think more, oh, well, I, I believe that Jesus was probably real, or hey, I believe that Jesus was God. I'm not asking us to take some theology test in our minds. I'm not asking us to take some Bible trivia test in our minds. I'm asking you, have you accepted Jesus, have you surrendered your life to Jesus so that he's your Lord and Savior? And yeah, you're not perfect, but there's a Godward trajectory in your life. And if not, I believe that's exactly why you came today. I believe that's exactly why God brought you here today, because God loves you so much he doesn't want you to go through life trying to make it on your own. He doesn't want you going through life trying to fix things on your own. He wants you to experience the abundant life Jesus came to give, but you got to receive him, and I'm praying that you would receive him today. Or you might be here, and you're a follower of Jesus. You are saved. But God is, is dealing with you. God is speaking to you in this moment, and he's saying, hey, I want you to seek me. I want you to begin building a real relationship with me. It's more than an hour on Sunday. It's more than coming to me when the bottom falls out of your life or when you don't know what to do. It means that I'm a real person in your life every day. What have you done 
What are you doing with Jesus? And so God, this, this, moment, this moment is yours. And I pray that you would just have your way in our hearts. And God, you'd have your way in our lives today. God, I pray for every single follower of Jesus that's here, God. And I thank you for every single follower of Jesus that is pursuing you, that is building a relationship with you in their life. God, I pray that they would continue to do that. But God, I, I'm thinking about right now for, for the follower of Jesus, for the Christian in the room, might be a teenager or man, woman, and, and, and they're saved, but they have not really taken ownership of their spirituality. They've not really taken responsibility and said, God, I need to pursue you on my own. I need to really begin to build a true relationship with you. God, I want to grow. I want to grow. So with every single head bowed, with every eye closed, we, in the first service, we had so many people, several people raised their hand to say, Mark, that's me. And just right here in this moment, nobody's looking. I want to give you an opportunity just in a moment of honesty. If you're here today and you'd say, Mark, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm saved. But God is speaking to me right now and He's telling me, I need to grow. I need to take responsibility for my spiritual life. I need to take responsibility for my growth as a follower of Jesus. I need to grow and God is telling me it's time to get started. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now to say God's telling me that right now. Just raise your hands. Put your hands up. Hands are going up right here. Several hands right here. There's another hand right there. There's several hands right over there to my left. Praise God for those. Several hands in one row right over here to my left. Thank you for that. Thank you for that right now. God bless you. God bless you for that. God, I just pray right now for every single hand that went up. God, God, it doesn't end here, but it starts here. And God, I pray for every hand that went up. And maybe, maybe hands that went up inside of a heart that didn't come up visibly here in the room. God, I pray that those hands that went up are more like stakes in the ground. And say, God, you started something here today. God, you, you woke something up in me today. Just like we lit that candle, God, you, 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 you sparked something inside of me today, inside of my heart. And so, God, it doesn't end here, but it can start here. And, God, what you start, you finish. But you might be here today and you're not a follower of Jesus. You, you have never given your life to Jesus. And I want to give you an opportunity right now. If you need to be saved, if you want to be a Christian and be a follower of Jesus, you can come to Jesus right now just as you are. Don't worry about what your friends are thinking or what anybody else around you might be thinking. He said, Mark, well, I, well, Mark, what do I do if I mess up? I can guarantee you that you will. And I can guarantee you in that moment there will be grace. There will be grace in that moment. See, Jesus has given you a gift. But you've got to receive that gift. If you're here today and you have never given your life to Jesus, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And today, if you want to be saved, these aren't magic words, but maybe it can help you express to God what's happening in your heart right now. So if you today want to give your life to Jesus for the first time, just pray this prayer with me right there where you're at. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. God, I give my life to you right now for the first time. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me, for coming back from the dead, for me, for forgiving me for all of my sins. My life is yours. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, no one 
is looking around. But listen, if you just pray that prayer, I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that, but I would love to just pray for you today and, and celebrate that with you. Today, if you prayed that prayer, you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time, would you just put your hand up in the air right now to say, Mark, that's me. Today, I want to be saved. Just put your hand up right now if that's you today. Mark, I need Jesus, and today I want to be saved. If that's you, just put your hand in the air. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you that Jesus came not so that we could live how we would have, whether it happened or not. Jesus came to give us life, came to change everything. And so, God, this Christmas, God, that we wouldn't talk simply about you or, or simply have some ideas. Jesus, we would experience your presence. We would experience your freedom. We would experience your joy and your peace. God, I thank you for today. I thank you, Jesus, that we celebrate what you have done for us. And God, that it would continue to change us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Now I want to ask you to do something. Go ahead and, this is the time where we just ask everybody, go ahead and grab this card for me, all right? And maybe you come every single week and um, I just invite you to go ahead and grab this card right now and, and let us know how we can pray for you. But everybody in the room, just go ahead and grab this and and I would love to know what God did in your life today. Uh, several people raised their hand to say, Mark, I need to start growing. And maybe you're here, you, I don't know how, I don't know where, how to start. Just go ahead and check that, check that box that says, I want help growing in my relationship with Jesus. Whatever God did in your life today, our ushers are going to pass those offering baskets around. And, and you can just drop those cards into the basket today and let us know what God did in your life. Our ushers are going to go ahead and, and get in place, and we're going to receive our offering. You can drop those cards in the baskets as they go around. And today, uh, today we are also, and all this week online, we're receiving our Christmas 2019 offering. We said we announced that uh, a couple weeks ago at church, and um, we're today we're receiving that here later on this afternoon and all this week online. If you open up our app to give or go on our website, you'll see uh, that we're going to put some sections in there that will say Christmas 2019 Hazard, Christmas 2019 Whitesburg, just you can, so you can pick which campus that you go to. And this special offering uh, goes to several ministry opportunities that we have as a church, also to help us uh, just be on good financial footing. Uh, with uh, We just moved into our building just earlier this year. Uh, in March, we moved in, and we want to try to tackle some debt so that that will free us to do other ministry things here in our community uh, and around the world. And so that this offering will go to several things like that. And so whether you give here, whether you give online, thank you for giving. If you're not prepared to give, like I said, later on this afternoon and all this week, you can go to our app, click the give icon, or go to our website, click give there at summithazard.com, and you can give to the Christmas 2019 uh, Christmas offering. Would y'all stand with me? We're going to sing. We're going to worship as we give today. Thank you guys so much for coming. Don't forget, next week is one service, 1115. With a meal immediately following, bring a side or dessert if you can, but if not, stick around, and uh, it's going to be an amazing uh, time. We're excited for it, all right? Hey, I'll be at the welcome area as well. If you have questions about sponsoring those kids that I talked about earlier, make sure... Uh, uh, 
Santa Claus in the back. Santa Claus is in the back. I probably need to go and apologize for everything that I said about Santa in this sermon. So just to make sure that I'm not on the naughty list. All right. Uh, Hey, I'm going to pray for us. And uh, we're going to worship God through giving. Let's pray. God, God, I pray right now that you bless the gift and the giver. Thank you for every person that's here. God, use this gift to transform not only the world, but our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.